0: Let's start today with the prosecution of Dr. Anthony Fauci, which is not a thing and it won't be and he won't be prosecuted. But it is a really interesting sort of entry point or lens into what the House of Representatives has become under the control of Republicans that started in January on the basis of Republicans winning control in November of twenty twenty two, not of the Senate, but yes, of the House of Representatives, everything of note. That the Republican controlled House of Representatives has uh, involved itself in publicly since they've taken over has been a joke and in some cases has actually backfired com- completely. The hearings on the uh, weaponization of government humiliation, just pathetic humiliation, the hearings about big tech and Hunter Biden and so on, just an embarrassment, a global embarrassment, to the extent that the rest of the world is paying attention to this nonsense. But importantly, virtue signaling for the small group of people that care, including the members of Congress that treat hearings as a way to audition to be on Hannity or Tucker's shows later that day. Fine. There is a sort of persistent uh, phrase that won't go away from the lexicon as my chair collapses from the lexicon of uh, some on the right, which is prosecute Fauci. Yes, Dr. Anthony Fauci, now 82 years old, has been working for the government in a health role for quite literally decades. They want to prosecute him and many of them are saying forget about prosecute jail, Fauci, imprison Fauci. Okay, why do they want to do that? I don't really know. And we're going to look at a clip of CNN's Jim Acosta asking Dr. Fauci, what do you think about?" You know, Elon Musk tweeting my pro- my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. What do you think about the people calling to prosecute you? And Fauci says, I don't know what they would prosecute me for.
1: The thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been vilified on the far right. I know you know that. Yeah. Um, and we've seen Elon Musk tweet that his pronouns, uh, he's the owner of Twitter, that his pronouns are prosecute uh, Fauci. Others <laughs> in the GOP have talked about arresting you and prosecuting you um, for your handling of COVID. What's your response to that, uh, your response to Musk? And and what has that been like for your family?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no response to that craziness, Jim. I mean, prosecute me for what? What what are they talking about? (laughs) I mean, I wish I could figure out what the heck they were talking about. I think they're just going off the deep end. Yes. That's the answer to your first question. It doesn't make any sense to say something like that. And it actually is irresponsible of course it's going to have a difficult effect and a deleterious effect on my family. I mean, they don't like to have me getting death threats all the time. Every time somebody gets up and spouts some nonsense that's misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies, somebody somewhere decides they want to do harm to me and or my family. So that's the part about it that is really unfortunate. The rest of it is just insanity, the things they're saying, But it does have a negative effect when people take it seriously and take it out on you and your family, which is the reason why I still have to have protection, which is really unfortunate.
0: It's not only unfortunate that Dr. Fauci needs security at this stage of the game or at any stage of the game. It's insane that the right has allowed themselves to be led down this absurd path wherein a doctor who simply is trying to do what's best to most. Uh, uh, to save and help the largest number of people possible has become not only the target of like, oh, he might have been wrong about certain things at certain points. Oh, OK, all right, well, we could talk about that. But this is a criminal. This is an evil person. He created covid, which is one that's been floating around. And of course, that he should be prosecuted. Now let's play it out. Out of curiosity, I did some research to try to figure out what exactly do they want Dr. Fauci prosecuted for? I don't know how many of you know this. I mean, if 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 I before I tell you, what would you guess they want him prosecuted for? It seems that the most common refrain is Fauci should be prosecuted for lying to Congress, which is not really a mishandling of covid, particularly when a lot of these very same right wingers said that, you know, All of the Trump people prosecuted for lying either to Congress or investigators, that's not really a crime. Well, now they want Fauci prosecuted for that. But what was it that Fauci said that they say is a lie? Well, when Dr. Fauci said the federal government has not funded gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute for Virology, these right wingers say that that was lying to Congress under oath and worthy of prosecution. Well, what's the truth of that? It's a very shaky basis for prosecuting. First of all, scientists aren't in agreement as to whether what was happening as to whether the research being done is really gain of function. Gain of function is a general term, and you can find scientists who will disagree as to whether any gain of function research was being done at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that's number 1 number 2 even if gain of function research was being done at the Wuhan Institute of, viral of Virology what they're referring to is an NIH grant recipient an NIH called EcoHealth and the issue is that EcoHealth did not file a report about what they were doing, which is their fault. EcoHealth is in the wrong because they didn't file a report saying what exactly they were doing. But that certainly suggests that at minimum, when Dr. Fauci said what he said under oath, he believed that he was telling the truth, even if it turns out that there was gain of function research being done to the satisfaction of every medical science professional, which there is not. There is every reason to believe. Dr. Fauci believed he was telling the truth when he was under oath. I can assure you there will be no prosecution over that. And it relates to the same reason that you rarely see prosecutions for perjury uh, for witnesses in criminal trials. Witnesses in criminal trials say things that aren't true all the time. And it is extraordinarily difficult to prove that they knew they were saying things that were false. And that's why you very rarely see a perjury prosecution. So that's what it is. If you're wondering, wow, prosecute Fauci, what is that all about? This is what it is all about. And Dr. Fauci is confused as any of us as to why resources would be spent in that way. But they want to do the hearings. They want to bring Fauci down. They want to make the whole dog and pony show happen. I expect that they will. But there is not going to be any prosecution of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And that's a good thing. Um, Listen, we we have a problem in this country. The problem we are told by uh, you probably knew that The problem we are being told by everybody from neo-Nazis to White Lives Matter people to the Proud Boys to all sorts of other unaffiliated right wing activists is that the problem is drag shows, drag queens, drag time, story hours and that sort of thing. Now I have video to play for you today of an event. Uh, at a drag show at a public park in Wadsworth, Ohio. I have video here from Ford Fisher from news to share. And what you will see is that those who are against the drag show and decided to protest are pretty horrible people, including gun toting neo-Nazis, which you will see, the Patriot Front, White Lives Matter, so on and so forth. These are the folks who were really, really upset that children, if their parents choose to, might be brought to a drag show. Take a look at this. So by the way, there's a guy with a gun and a swastika flag right on. If you're listening right now, that's the first thing we're seeing here. And of course, uh, this is, (laughs) you know, as a parent myself, if you say to me. What am I most interested in keeping my daughter away from drag time story hour or gun toting neo-Nazis with swastikas? The answer is pretty clear to me, my friends. Zig Heil is where we are right now. They're yelling, "Pedophiles, get something!" Okay, that's probably enough. Now, as you can tell, these are merely people expressing economic anxiety because of a middle class that has been left behind. (laughs) Right, right. No, uh, this really does this really does go to show that. This is not about all of the innocent things that many on the Republican right have started to say, you know, they very often will say, you know, these right wing movements, they are here because the Democratic Party has left the middle class behind and they're suffering economic anxiety and they're worried about jobs being offshore to China and Mexican immigrants documented or undocumented taking their jobs or whatever the case may be. This is not about any of that. This is about retrograde, outdated, hysterically backwards beliefs and the desire to bring those beliefs into public uh, into public view, partially as a result of the normalization of this type of stuff dating back most acutely to the Trump presidency. Now, I know I've said it before. I don't believe Trump created racism. I don't believe Trump created white supremacy or neo-Nazism. Of course he didn't. But what Trump did do is he made a lot of the people who already believe those things more comfortable uh, espousing those views in public. And when you look at CPAC today, when you looked at CPAC last year and we noticed the biggest applause lines were the transphobic stuff and the homophobic stuff and the oh, Marxists, there's Marxists, which, of course, there are very few Marxists in the United States. That is part of the coddling of these sorts of views where people end up being comfortable coming out. Now, a lot of these people clearly aren't that comfortable because they're wearing masks. And um, if they were really confident and comfortable in espousing these beliefs publicly, they wouldn't wear the masks. And of course, I'm sure many of them would end up getting themselves fired. But that's not the situation. And again, just just remember that at the core of this is drag shows which parents might choose to bring their kids to or maybe not. But we're talking about parental choice, parental rights, which is what these right wing groups claim to be all about. Well, let parents make their choices. Then don't shut down the drag event. Allow parents who like it to bring their kids and allow parents who don't like it to bring their kids somewhere else. But no, all of a sudden that freedom to parent goes away when they decide we're going to show up with the guns and with the swastikas in order to try to shut this thing down. If you're just listening today, the clip I played will be on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram. You can find it there. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and make sure you have liked this video if you were watching on YouTube. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Did you know that half of Americans are deficient in vitamin A, vitamin C and magnesium? Most Americans are deficient in vitamin D. I take vitamin D during the winter. It is sometimes difficult to eat exactly the right amount of each food to get exactly what you need. I just make my life simpler with a G1 by Athletic Greens in the morning. One scoop of a G1. I get the entire day's worth of seventy five high quality vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's not making any outlandish claims. It's just an easy, sustainable routine. I've tried different ways of taking vitamins. A.G. one is cheaper. It's quicker. It's tastier. I'm not fumbling around with different capsules. It tastes great to drink straight with water. Sometimes I'll put it in a smoothie or shake. It's simple. It's something easy you can do going into the new year, staying properly nourished. Athletic Greens is giving my audience a free year supply of vitamin D. I take that every day in winter. Plus, you'll get five free travel packs of A.G. one. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athletic g r dot Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P.com Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes one of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress at home for years now. I couldn't be more happy with it. I recommend it to everybody. The other day, even though she's not allowed in the big bed, I put my baby daughter on the mattress and even she loved it. Helix Sleep is the premium mattress brand offering tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleeping position. Do you get hot at night? Do you have back pain? And then Helix will match you with the mattress that's perfect for you. Most people don't know where to begin when shopping for a mattress, including me. Helix makes it simple and less risky because you know you're getting a mattress that fits your needs. It ships free. You can try it for a hundred nights to see if you like it, and it comes with a ten or fifteen year warranty. Unlike many mattress companies, all Helix mattresses are made in the USA by a skilled production team, so you are supporting good jobs. Helix Sleep is giving my audience up to twenty percent off plus two free pillows. What other mattress company is going to give you twenty percent off? Go to helixsleepcom Pacman. That's H E L I X sleep dot com slash Pacman for up to 20 percent off and two free pillows. The link is in the podcast notes. Hey, remember that our program does depend on your support so that we can continue doing what we do. And one of the best things as my chair, what I think that by the end of the show, I actually may fall off the chair. The chair is collapsing very, very rapidly. Um, one of the, th- we need a new chair. And this is why membership is so important. No, it's something, so I, we did a little bit of a, Uh, renovation, a little bit of a cleanup of the studio over the weekend. And clearly some some I believe Antifa might have sabotaged my chair. We'll look into that. Um, No, in all seriousness, we do what we do and we do it free of me having 10 editors and and executives telling me cover this or don't cover that or perpetuate the big lie or whatever has been going on on Fox News. We're free from all of that because our primary source of funding is people from the audience. As much as I love Jill from North Dakota and Bob from Tennessee, and all of this. None of them are going to write to me and convince me to do a story differently or whatever the case may be, right? And, and this is the sort of point of spreading our support across as many people as possible. We remain in control, not some big corporation or executive. And to that end, you can sign up at joinpacman.com. It's really cheap. It's really simple. We do an extra show every day for our members and you can use the coupon code 24 starts now to get yourself a discount off of the cost of membership. Glenn Youngkin did a very, very stupid thing. He agreed to do a town hall on CNN and it went so bad so quickly that I can only imagine he and his uh, staff afterwards said, why the hell did we do that? Let's look at a couple of clips and remember the context of Glenn Youngkin becoming governor of Virginia was that he ran against critical race theory. He sort of ran like an issues free anti woke campaign. Critical race theory wasn't even being taught in Virginia schools, and yet it was enough for him to win. So there was very little substance in getting him to be governor. And there remains very, very little substance in his explanations about how he's running Virginia and why he's running Virginia in that way. So at one moment during the event, uh, a student who identifies as a trans man asked Glenn Youngkin, listen, uh, which bathroom should I be using? in your view, in your view about all of these issues of trans and gender and whatever. Now I dare you to find an actual answer from Glenn Youngkin in this video. Uh, Governor Youngkin, your transgender model policies require that students play on the sports teams and use the restrooms that correspond with their sex assigned at birth. Look at me. I am a transgender man. Do you really think that the girls in my high school would feel comfortable sharing a restroom with me?
1: So first of all, Nico, thank you for again asking the question and being here tonight and uh, engaging in this important discussion. I believe first when parents are engaged with their children, then you can make good decisions together. And I met your dad and I'm glad that you're both here together. That's really, really important.
0: Thank you for being here. I'm aware that your father is here. Okay, great. But like what bathroom should Nico use?
1: I also think that there are lots of students involved in this decision and what's What's most important is that we try very hard to accommodate students. That's why I have said many, many times, we just need extra bathrooms in schools. We need general neutral bathrooms. And so people can use a bathroom that they, in fact, are comfortable with. I think sports are very clear, and I don't think it's controversial. I don't think that biological boys should be playing sports with biological girls. Uh, There's been decades of efforts in order to gain opportunities for women in sports. And it's just not fair. Um, And I think that's pretty, that's, that's non-controversial and something that I think is, is pretty well understood.
0: Now here is Nico's dad shaking his head at this.
1: Again, I think these are very difficult discussions and I am very, very glad to see you and your dad here together.
0: Right. It seems the big thing is that Nico uh, and Nico's dad are both there. That seems to be the thing Glenn Youngkin most wants to talk about. So let's talk about this, okay? First of all, Youngkin says the priority is that people should be comfortable. Well, Then Nico should be using the men's room, right? Because it's abundantly clear that Nico would be most comfortable in the men's room. Then he goes into this thing of well, the bathrooms should be gender neutral as as a complete and total cop-out. Now, I don't disagree, okay? I I think the gender-neutral bathrooms are great. This has been a thing in Europe for a very, very long time. It's fine to do gender-neutral neutral bathrooms, but Virginia has thousands of public schools, and they don't even have money for extra pencils for teachers, okay? the idea that we're going to solve this in Virginia by converting thousands of bathrooms to gender neutral, rather than actually dealing head on, which with with which bathroom Nico should use, is absolutely laughable. Now, I've said this before, and this is a real practical question. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Blair White or Chaz Bono uh, or Bono, 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 I'm not sure, Chaz, Chaz Bono. Um, The idea that what is logical and what would make everybody the most, quote, comfortable under their view is for Blair White, who was born biologically male to use a men's room today is wacky. Just Google a picture of Blair White on the same hand. On the other hand, on the same token, the idea that Chaz Bono or Bono, who was born biologically female, is a trans man. Should today be using a women's room again if we want to use their paradigm about what's most comfortable visually based on how people look, that's absurd. So there's really a bigger issue here which Youngkin doesn't actually want to address. And this was about how the entire town hall went. There was another moment where um, Youngkin was asked about his view about removing books for school libraries and he similarly dissembled and talked around the issue and didn't didn't really dig into what's actually at, at issue here.
1: So my my whole approach to this starts with parents and transparency to make sure that parents know what's in the library. And parents understand what materials are being used in the curriculum. And so last year we were able to pass a bill in a bipartisan basis that gave parents full visibility into materials in the classroom.
0: Now understand this. This mostly already exists. So even even this is a distraction. Well, as a first step, parents need to know what's in the library and what's being taught in their kids classes. But what's preventing them from doing that? And I know there are people who will say, well, yeah, you know, it's hard to get out of kids. You, you, have you tried talking to a 12 year old? 12 year olds don't want to talk to their parents. They won't tell you. Okay. No, that may be, but there is nothing that prevents parents from going to the school library and looking around or from emailing the teacher or whatever the case may be. So this entire thing, we formalize that there's going to be transparency. There basically is, unless there's a rare situation going on or special circumstances, there's transparency already. It's not actually getting at the issue of banning books.
1: And if those are sexually explicit materials that aren't consistent with family values, then a parent can request a replacement, a replacement material into their child's curriculum. See, I do believe that there's moments where we have to make decisions about what's age appropriate and what is appropriate. And those are hard decisions, but we shouldn't run away from them. We should engage in them. And these are healthy discussions for us to have.
0: What this of course ignores and in a way it's similar to the issue of abortion. What it ignores is just because decisions have to be made that may be difficult books that are edge cases for an eight year old, for example, or does a, a pregnant woman want to get an abortion just because there are difficult decisions or even morally complex or philosophically ambiguous or whatever. The idea that it's the government that should be making those decisions is being accepted as a foregone conclusion by folks like Glenn Youngkin and others who want to get involved in curriculum. Well, if the decisions have to be made on abortion, they should be made by medical professionals as well as the impacted individuals, in particular, the pregnant woman. If we're making decisions about books, then shouldn't those decisions be made by teachers and educators rather than by Glenn Youngkin and whoever he in a partisan way deputizes. But they ignore that as a reality.
1: What books should be in an elementary school library? Should they have explicit pictures in them or not? Well, I don't think there should they should be there.
0: But it's not really Glenn Youngkin's area of expertise.
1: And these are decisions that I think we should take on as opposed to run away from.
0: Yeah. And the, the the problem is who he wants taking it on. So all of this just babble, babble, babble. And then one more interesting clip here where uh, Jake Tapper actually gets into it with Youngkin about how history should be taught in school.
1: Exactly. Ask you about that, which is kind of following up on what Brock was asking, because you're you're executive order that ended the teaching of CRT said that it would end the teaching of inherently divisive uh, concepts, including CRT. So other than CRT, can you give us a specific example of what (laughs) is an inherently divisive concept?
0: Well, no, I only ran against CRT, Jake. I'm not informed about anything else that you think should not be taught in
1: Virginia schools. Yeah, the inherent the inherently divisive concepts are taken directly from the Civil Rights Act. And they're teaching children that they're inherently biased or racist because of their race or their sex or their religion. Uh, they teach that a child is guilty for sins of the past because of their race or their religion or their sex. They teach that a child is is oppressed or a victim because of their race, their religion or their sex.
0: Now, remember that there's two parts to this. One, even though I have my problems with critical race theory and other critical theories doesn't mean that he's accurately representing what they teach. That's number one. Um, And then number two, this wasn't being taught in Virginia at all. The fact that whether what he's saying about CRT is accurate or not, it wasn't being taught in Virginia schools.
1: And of course, we've seen this in curriculum. You see, critical race theory isn't a class that's taught. It's something that is, it's a philosophy that's incorporated in the curriculum. So, And right. we saw it in Fairfax County with, with, with privilege bingo and right. games like this. But we also saw it in teacher training and professional development. And recommended books and, t- and
0: this is how they are now sliding around the fact that this isn't being taught, which is by saying, well, it's being implicitly integrated as a philosophy. And of course, there are dozens of witnesses that have said that is absolutely not the case and it is not what is going on in Virginia schools. So you have to understand when you build your campaign on nothing, you end up if you ever do a town hall confronted with the reality that there's no there there and you're completely unable to substantively actually talk about anything. And that's the way this entire town hall went. I would say check out the entire thing, but quite frankly, I don't think it's worth it, but not a particularly good performance by Glenn Youngkin. And even though his name is being tossed around as a possible presidential contender, it's not looking really, really good. Speaking of governors running for president, did you know that it's actually against the law? for Ron DeSantis to run for president unless he resigns his governorship. There is a Florida law that forces governors to resign if they want to run for president of the United States. So what is Ron DeSantis going to do? Well, it's looking like Republicans in Florida are looking at changing that law specifically so that Ron DeSantis could remain governor while running. Now you might say, but David, I remember that Jeb Bush, remember the please clap guy? Jeb Bush was governor and he ran for president. That's true. But Jeb Bush was not governor at the time that he was running for president. He had previously been uh, a governor. So let's take a look at an article that explains what's going on. WFSU Public Media reported a couple months ago, Florida leaders are considering a change to the resign to run law to help Governor Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis may need some help from the state legislature if he proceeds with this bid for the Republican nomination. A resign to run law requires state office holders to commit to leave their positions if they run for federal office. This has been on and off the books over past decades and was reinstated in twenty eighteen. But Republican leaders in the Republican dominant, dominated legislature have expressed openness to changing or rescinding it when they gather again in March. That's this month. Florida House Speaker Paul Renner told reporters it was a, quote, great idea to review the law. Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo similarly said changes to the resignation requirement would be a good idea. If an individual who's a Florida governor is running for president, I think he should be allowed to do it now, DeSantis for now has a way around this. And, you know, one of the things we've been talking about has been is DeSantis actually going to announce? Is he really planning to run? And it seems the answer is yes, because of all of the events he's doing in critical early voting states. But when is he going to announce part of the reason he may delay the announcement, at least until April, is that this month Florida is going to meet about this resign to run law. In the meantime. The way DeSantis can sort of like start running is by doing all of these stops under the umbrella of being book tour events. But really, they are early presidential type events. In fact, uh, Fox News had an article this morning about how Ron DeSantis has already been to Iowa and he's been to Nevada and now he's going to New Hampshire. So these are in practice presidential campaign type events. But for now, and it may only be a matter of a few more weeks, Ron DeSantis would have to resign in order to run for president. Florida is looking at changing that clearly and specifically for Ron DeSantis. So we're going to follow that. Let's talk about the Florida miracle. Anybody know what that is? No, I don't. Uh, This is a really funny clip, and this is all part of Fox News helping Ron DeSantis, even though he has not declared yet that he is running for president. Fox News is helping create the image that Florida is a miraculous state. Now I don't actually know what the miracle is, but here is Maria Bartiromo quite a prominent Trump brown noser. But remember, everybody on the right is realizing DeSantis might have power here. Uh, Let's at least get on his good side. Here is Maria Bartiromo helping Ron DeSantis promote the Florida miracle. Let's see if we can figure out what that miracle is. Talk to us about the Florida miracle and what you see
1: (laughs) happening for the country, if in fact it takes on this item. Yeah. Well, I think, as you know, because I come on your show, I mean, we were getting hammered by the left, by the corporate press, uh, by bureaucrats like Fauci every step of the way (laughs) during COVID, whether it was businesses being open, people working, having activities, kids being in school. And, you know, I really took a lot of incoming. Even a lot of my supporters were telling me, man, you're getting killed. Uh, You're you're really going to be put out the pasture here politically unless you do something different. But I just had to look and say, you know what? My job as a leader uh, is to put the interest of the people I represent and their jobs over my own interest in keeping my own job. And so if there's short term political pain and ultimately if it doesn't work out for me politically, that's fine. Uh-
0: yeah. So about- I guess the miracle that Maria is talking about based on on DeSantis's response is that in the middle of the pandemic, DeSantis opened some sporting events including wrestling and UFC and pass the don't say gay bill, right? I mean, like what? What's the Florida miracle that they're talking about now? I will I will be very upfront. I think Florida is great. And I spend quite a bit of time in Florida, particularly in those liberal counties down on the tip there as as people refer to it. Uh, But the weather is great. The food scene is great. I love the people. There's a big Argentinian community there. There's a big Jewish community there in southern Florida. That's all great. But The truth is that if you zoom out and look at the entire state, Florida is a pretty damn mediocre state. And what I mean by that is it's not a particularly great state by any metric and it's not a particularly terrible state by any metric. But calling it a miracle is weird. Healthcare is ranked 25th in Florida. All right. It's right in the middle. Infrastructure is ranked 20th in Florida. Crime is ranked 26th in affordability. Florida is 33rd there's overall pretty good quality of life if you have money in Florida. And also if you don't, a lot of the metrics really are lacking. Like it's just unremarkable. There's no big Florida story other than the mediocrity that is the state of Florida saw DeSantis put kids back in school faster than some other states open sporting events with audiences during covid faster than some other states. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it, but that's it. They're turning what is a complete non story into a, quote, miracle, according to Maria Bartiromo. And it's because it's not about the facts. It's about narrative and the idea of the narrative that's being created is one that actually distinguishes DeSantis from Trump. And remember, this is a big thing where Nikki Haley is asked to distinguish herself from Trump. She doesn't say anything other than I'm younger. I'm a woman and I'm Indian. That's how she's playing uh, identity politics. DeSantis, even though, again, on policy, he's almost identical to Trump. He is also trying to create some difference. And part of that now is I bucked what was happening federally on covid. And opened up sporting events and sent kids back to school earlier. Is that going to convince Republican voters? I don't know. I'm not one of them, but I guess we'll have to wait and see this clip and others from today. Find them on my Instagram by searching Instagram for David Pakman show. One of our sponsors today is Leisure of NYC, offering ultra comfortable fair trade men's clothing at fair prices. Guys know it can be very tough to find good boxers and T-shirts. The search is over because all boxer briefs by leisure of NYC are made with amazingly soft moisture wicking viscose from bamboo, super lightweight like air, but it doesn't bunch up. And it's also great for the planet. Leisure of NYC also makes really great Supima cotton crew neck T-shirts. Less than one percent of men's basics today are made with Supima cotton. It is the best out there. feels like silk. Quite frankly, you can walk around in a scratchy T-shirt all day or you can enjoy the cloud soft feel of Supima cotton and actually love the shirt you're wearing. These are my go to T-shirts and boxers. Nothing else even comes close to providing this level of comfort and all of their products are fair trade and made sustainably. Go pick up the most comfortable T-shirts and boxers you will ever own, but hurry. Because they often sell out, especially the boxers, go to David slash NYC and you will get fifteen percent off with the code Pacman at checkout. That's davidpackmancom slash NYC. Code Pacman saves you fifteen percent. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is private Internet access. Most apps and websites send tons of your personal information to tech companies and data brokers based on your IP address. They have a disturbingly accurate understanding of who you are and what you do online, even when you're using incognito mode. But you can put an end to it by using a VPN. The only one I use is private Internet access because it's the only VPN that has proven in court multiple times. They are not logging your activity. Their no log practices are even independently audited by Deloitte private internet access also hides your activity from your internet service provider who is also usually logging everything you do online private internet access is also lightning fast for downloads and streaming content normally only available in other countries private internet access couldn't be more simple take a second to download it turn it on that's it you don't need to know anything about computers go to piavpn.com/david to get 83 percent off. That's only two oh three a month and you'll get four months free. The link is in the podcast notes. Despite claiming that he never thinks about Ron DeSantis, failed former president Donald Trump is clearly obsessed with Ron DeSantis. And that obsession is starting to become very, very unhealthy. It is abundantly clear and it is supported by the fact that Donald Trump sees Ron DeSantis as potentially his most powerful challenger in the 2024 Republican primary. Now, Don- Ron DeSantis still hasn't announced that he is running. We talked earlier in the show about why that might be and when his announcement might be coming. If indeed he plans to make that announcement. Don- Donald Trump is posting daily to his platform, Truth Social, about Ron DeSantis. I hope that anybody who is planning on following the 2024 election is prepared for more than a year of what we saw over the last four days. Take a look at some of these childish and ridiculous posts from the failed former president who's nearly 80 years old. This is not a kid that we're talking about first posting about the size of Ron DeSantis's crowd, quote, very small crowds for Ron sanctimonious in Iowa. He's against capital F farmers, Social Security and Medicare. So why would people show up other than capital F fake stories from the capital F fake capital N news, the random capitalization and the lies, both staples of Donald Trump's posts, as we talked about before. Attacking DeSantis on Social Security and Medicare is a little shaky, given Trump's own history with submitting federal budgets that would cut Social Security. OK, then Trump goes on to comparing his book to Ron DeSantis's book, posting, quote, some in the fake news are falsely stating that Ron DeSantis's book is doing as well as letters to Trump. My new book. This is fake news in that letters doesn't even come out until April 25th. Ron has groups buying his book in order to inflate sales. And in fact, on the first day, his book was already 30 percent discounted. Letters to Trump has much different pricing and is a coffee table book. The so-called stars corresponded with me. You'll love it preorder the book. So couple different things there. Of course, Donald Trump just obsessed with comparing the size of all of his things to that of Ron DeSantis. And Trump is not mentioning that Don Jr.'s book also benefited from groups buying the book. This is actually a really common thing. It's particularly common uh, on the right, although maybe it does happen on the left as well. But when large right wing figures whose followers barely read, I mean, let's be Let's be really, really honest with each other here. Do you think the average Don Jr. follower reads books? Where would you put the over under on the number of books the average Don Jr. follower reads? And I hate, folks, that this is it sounds so a Leo. But David reading Oh, but Come on, got tr- Trump. himself hasn't read a book in his adult life. And we're supposed to pretend Don's fault. Don Jr.'s followers read books. Don Jr.'s book benefited greatly from um, people, uh, groups buying the book and then giving it out when Don Jr. speaks and this sort of thing. OK, then Trump continuing to be obsessed with um, Ron DeSantis posts the results to a meaningless online poll about twenty twenty four, where fifteen thousand people clicked a button online And said they prefer DeSantis uh, they prefer Trump to DeSantis by two to one. Now, I I believe Trump is winning, uh, but Trump just posting garbage polls and then Trump posting, quote, Ron DeSanctimonious totally caved in his public relations inspired battle with Disney. That's the only reason he went after them in the first place, to show Mr. Tough Guy. Disney maintained Complete exemption from property and sales tax, tax free bonds, and their incredible fast track permitting. They also gave big political contributions to De Sanctis. The whole thing is a capital H hoax. They probably worked together to make him look like a fighter. Read Rick Fogel's song, Preeminent Authority on Disney. I could keep going back to last week, but I won't. This might be the most childish and ridiculous primary that we ever see. And meanwhile, on the Democratic side, there may be no primary if Joe Biden runs for re-election, which some people say isn't good. There are people on the left who say forget about its impact on the general. The Democratic Party should have a real primary. If there are people challenging Joe Biden, there should be a real primary and there should be debates and so on and so forth there. Uh, I understand that perspective. And we're going to talk about that more, maybe a little bit later this week, or maybe once we we hear from a couple other candidates who plan to declare. But Trump obsessed unhealthily with Ron DeSantis. One more Trump thing I want to talk about: Donald Trump posted an endless back-to-back troth statement on his platform Truth Social. Troth Central. Yeah, and it is absolutely absurd. And it relates to the Stormy Daniels affair, and it also relates to Donald Trump's impending indictment or indictments that global uh, that legal scholars increasingly believe are coming. I'm not holding my breath, but there are legal scholars who believe the indictments are coming. Take a look at this insanity. This is multiple troths. Okay, this was over the weekend. This is Trump. Now I'm, I'm speaking as Trump. I did absolutely nothing wrong. I never had an affair with Stormy Daniels nor would I have wanted to have an affair with Stormy Daniels. That's a lie. Now, is he saying is this a semantic argument? I didn't have an affair with her, but I did engage in sexual relations with her. He did pay her off for her silence. So why would you do that if you didn't? It doesn't make any sense. So he's already lying. He says this is a political witch hunt trying to take down the leading candidate by far in the Republican Party, while at the same time also leading all Democrats in the polls, including Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Congress and numerous Democrat district attorneys, attorneys general, and the then it continues on another troth Department of Injustice itself, which has unprecedentedly placed top DOJ prosecutors into the Manhattan district attorney's office in order to quote get Trump, have found that I did nothing wrong. That's not true. By the way, there were prosecutors who were convinced Trump did do things wrong, but that nobody was going to indict him, and those investigators quit. Back to Trump. Now they fall back on the old and rebuked case which has been rejected by every prosecutor's office that has looked at this stormy horse face Daniels matter where I relied, relied on counsel in order to resolve this extortion of me, which took place a long time ago. Since then, I have won lawsuits continuing on to another troth, for hundreds of thousands of dollars against Stormy Daniels and every prosecutor's office which has looked at it, which are numerous, including the FEC, have turned this fake case down. This is not a state case. It is a federal case and they have all passed on it. Even the previous Manhattan D.A. Cyrus Vance did not bring charges because I am guilty of nothing except for the fact that I am beating all Republicans and Democrats badly in the presidential race. It is Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 the no collusion, Mueller hoax and other targeted false attacks against me all over again. It is a weaponization of our judicial system, and I am shocked that this Soros backed radical left prosecutor who has allowed violent crime to reach new heights in New York without any retribution would consider bringing such a charge against the undisputed frontrunner of one of the two major political parties in our capital and nation. Folks, I'm out of breath, but this is insane. This is a completely insane statement to put out. It's it's a Rorschach test. It's a verbal ink blot. Additionally, the statute of limitations has long since ended and in fact, radical left media one and a half years ago did a countdown on the statute of limitations, which was allowed to expire. The countdown ended until now. Nobody had any idea it was allowed to continue in this one low ball office. It is appalling that the Democrats would play this card and only means that they are certain that they cannot win at the voter booth. So they have to go to a tool that has never been used in such a way in our country, weaponized law enforcement. Now, about by, by the way, um, it, it's prosecutors and investigators that would be doing this. Democrats aren't doing anything. Trump continues. I and hundreds of millions of the American people who are backing me. Trump doesn't have hundreds of millions of backers, by the way, because they want to see our nation be great again, are the victims of this corrupt, depraved and weaponized justice system where Hunter Biden and his father can commit hor- horrendous crimes, all accurately documented on his laptop. And nothing happens. But with me, after looking at 11 million pages worth of documents, they go after a hoax that every other prosecutor's office, which reviewed it, and even the US Congress has long ago dropped. I will not be deterred. I will always continue to be your voice. And I will keep fighting for our great capital C country. This is what we are to expect if this continues and Donald Trump's candidacy continues unhinged, lie filled, bizarre, endless statements, almost completely unintelligible. This is not someone who is well, but he is by far, as of today, the front runner to be the 2024 Republican primary nominee. I've said it before and I will say it again. Sure. Trump's whacked out of his gourd. I get it. But what does it say about his followers that after everything that's happened, he puts out These tirades, these screeds, and it still allows him to maintain support from many of the people who supported him in 2020. It says more about his followers than it says about Trump. One of our sponsors is Zippix Nicotine Toothpicks. Don't you think it's time you stopped putting smoke and vape oils in your lungs? Zipix toothpicks are a convenient way to curb the nicotine cravings. Zipix toothpicks are super discreet. You can use them anytime, anywhere. Smoking and vaping aren't allowed, including flights, sporting events in restaurants. They're available in six different flavors with options of two and three milligrams of nicotine. If you're not a nicotine user, Zipix also offers caffeine, and B12 infused toothpicks. Zipix has already helped tens of thousands of customers ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vapes. They might be able to help you too if you're a smoker or a vapor. Give Zipix toothpicks a try. Your lungs will thank you. Go to ZipixToothpicks.com today. Save 10% with the code Pacman 10 at checkout. Just remember, you must be 21 or older to order. That's Z I P P I X toothpicks dot com. Use promo code Pacman 10 at checkout for 10 percent off. That's Pacman one zero. The info is in the podcast notes. We're entering a sort of fascinating and bizarre period of the Fox News defamation text message scandal and the latest player in this insane theater act of sorts. Uh, is Mark Levin. Mark Levin is often framed as I'm the serious guy on Fox News. I only do a weekly show because I'm busy doing very serious things on all of my other days. And you can count on forget about what happens on the weekdays or during the day, Uh, Sunday night or wherever, wherever, whenever his show is you're really going to get serious stuff from me. And so in the midst of this defamation lawsuit from Dominion voting systems against Fox News and the leaked text messages wherein we find out that even though Tucker Carlson is pretending like he might be a believer of the 2020 uh, conspiracy theory that Trump actually won behind the scenes, he's texting. I hate Trump passionately and this is crazy and our viewers don't know the difference and it's all nuts. Okay, in the middle of all of that, Mark Levin without anyone forcing him to do this. He tells us in the segment, nobody told him to do this. (laughs) He delivers a cringy and bizarre rant defending Fox News. Okay, let's take a look at it. You know, it's a great
3: honor for me to come to you every Sunday night on this network, the Fox News channel. And I want you to know something.
0: Yeah,
3: I could not do this show anywhere else on cable, on network TV and so forth, because Is it
0: that is it is it that bad, Mark? Is it such a bad show? No one else would have it. We Wouldn't allow it, I'm sure. So several years ago, Fox, Mr. Murdoch and Suzanne Scott, the CEO, asked me if I would do a show. And you know, he's really honest right now because he took off his glasses to deliver part of this. They didn't even ask me what kind of show. And I said, okay, let's
3: do it. I'd like to do it on a Sunday night, late. Uh, I'd like to see how we can do it, a long-form interview. Do what you can and do the best you can. And that's pretty much the only direction I've ever been given. Wow. And so I tell you this for a reason. When I come here and do this program, I determine what I'm going to say
0: in the opening statement. I determine who the guests are going to be. Now, understand that... It's not that when hosts say that it's not true, but like it's meaningless in the sense that the hosts at RT, remember when Russian propaganda TV was on in the United States, RT TV and a really long time ago, I appeared on it as well until I decided like that's I'm never doing that again. It just it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't feel right to be doing it. But 12 years ago, I appeared on there a couple of times. The hosts there would always say. No one ever told me what to say here. I I decided what to say. And as we previously analyzed, yeah, okay, that's that's fine. But what you have to understand is they are screening for content by who they hire. You're only there because they know you're already going to say things that they're okay with. So that phrase a lot of these people when they work at a propaganda network, whether it's RT or Fox News, they go. No one comes here and tells me nobody writes my monologue for me. Doesn't really mean that much. They
3: have enough faith in me to know that I'm not going to blow the place up. Oh. And this is very important to understand because they treat all the hosts this way. They treat the newsroom this way in this fantastic network. Yeah. They don't even care if the newsroom lies. They let them do whatever they want. If it didn't exist, I want you to think about what kind of media you would be receiving day in and day out from Meet the Press, from Good Morning America, from God knows what.
0: He's comparing different types of programs in order to make everything else seem consumed by trivialities. Now, of course, there's plenty of triviality on Fox News as well.
3: It would just be the same thing over and over again. We really do have a competition of ideas here, even among conservatives, even within the newsroom. And that's a good thing. That's the way it's supposed to be. This is a vibrant, vigorous network. Nobody asked me to tell you this, I just decided <laughs> to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, th- there's nobody just off screen holding a gun pointing at me. Tell you why
3: even though we come under attack here, we come under attack from the same sources who have lied to you about so much Mm. and continue to lie to you about so much. They are basically appendages of the Democrat party. They're mouthpieces for the left. There's simply
0: no question about that. Sounds pretty good. I mean, Fox News sounds like a pretty great, great place, right? And remember, nobody told him to say this. So the bottom line here is that you can come at this from any angle you want and use this pathetic speech to to enter this discussion anywhere you want to enter it. Fox News has admitted in court and under oath that they lie. In the sense that when their people like Tucker Carlson or whoever say things, it should be understood that they are being entertaining and using hyperbole and exaggeration for the sake of entertainment, not These are news people delivering the most accurate uh, version of the facts that they are able to find. And you then work backwards from there and you get to the defamation suit, which is partially the result of entertainers making the ratings based decision, even when they didn't believe a lot of this stuff privately to allow conspiracy theories on air, which allegedly bordered over into defamation as far as Dominion voting systems was concerned. Now we know that there seem to be some true believers at Fox News. For example, last week we looked at text messages between Fox host Maria Bartiromo and Stephen Bannon in those texts. It really seemed like Maria Bartiromo was a true believer, but Tucker was not Laura Ingram was not Sean Hannity was not, at least from the texts that were revealed, whether that makes Fox great or whether that makes Fox bad or not news or news or whatever. Well, those are all different questions. But these sorts of speeches delusionally defending Fox News as the last bastion of people being able to learn about the world around them, not only is it pathetic and unhinged, I don't even think Mark Levin believes it, to be perfectly frank. Uh, I have a amazing clip of another one of these Republican hearings backfiring terribly. Every single one of these just goes so, so, so wrong. Radical and repugnant Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado. She was uh, asking questions to Kiran Ayusha. I don't exactly know the right pronunciation of the name, but I hope that that's close. Um, Kiran is the director of the U.S. Office of Personnel Management. And Lauren Boebert was going after her because of the number of federal employees not logging into work based on 2020 data. The only problem 2020 was a different administration run by a guy named Donald Trump.
1: You're yeah. not aware of any employee taking um, something that one would consider a vacation time and bringing their computer and maybe logging in just a portion of that time or not at all? We have we have more than 25% of federal employees not logging not logging into work, and they're teleworking.
3: Congresswoman, I, I do take issue with the
1: characterization that 25% of individuals are not it's, logging it's in. It's in
3: this leaked document right here that we just submitted into you're the record. You're basing that from 2020, which is in the last administration. And I can't speak to that.
0: <laughs> You're t- <laughs> Isn't that the best? So first of all, Bobert is trying to make a point with data from a different administration. OK, that's funny. But the really funny point is, despite all of her praise for the Trump administration, the thing she's really angry about here, the thing that Lauren Bobert is trying to pin on Joe Biden's uh, director of that agency, actually applies to her lord and savior, Donald Trump's administration previously. This is not the first time that this has happened. A lot of these people, they talk about 2020, you know, I, I genuinely don't know whether they're just morons or whether they've forgotten or they're confused. I know that there was a 2020 election. There was an election in 2020, but it took place in November. And the people who won in November of 2020 didn't start working until January of 2021, including Joe Biden. So they have many times a lot of things didn't go great in 2020. You might remember inflation was starting to go up. Gas prices were going up, all these different things. And they go, listen, what? Look at these numbers. Look at what happened after Joe Biden was here when he was elected in 2020. Right. But Biden wasn't in power until the end of January of 2021. I don't know if they're doing this on purpose to deceive or whether they're clueless or whether they're morons or some combination of the above, but it just keeps happening again and again and again. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is the Eggman calling in about, yes, my my cameo in a Netflix documentary about Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, which I guess is like one of the top things in the country right now. Listen to this.
2: Hey, I don't know if you mentioned this on your program yet, but yeah. you know that you're in the MH370, the plane that disappeared, a documentary on Netflix Yeah, in the second episode. Um, it's a David Pakman cameo. Um, I'm sure you know this. I'm sure you've already said that, but um, it's implying like you're almost a conspiracy guy about, You know, some patent or some anyway, it was really neat to see you on this dock in the middle of the night when I'm watching TV. Shalom, brother.
0: Yeah. Shalom to the Eggman. I hope you had a good Purim. Listen, um, I am probably tomorrow or the day after going to do a full segment about my appearance in that documentary where they absolutely make me sound like a conspiracy theorist by using a clip in which I am debunking a conspiracy theory. Now I'm also not going to blame anybody by by myself, but myself for what happened. And I'm going to explain all of this tomorrow, but I am not happy with the way in which I was included in that. I now know what I did wrong. Um, A contract lawyer reached out to me and we exchanged a couple of emails. They frame me as a conspiracy theorist using a clip where I'm debunking a conspiracy. Let's talk about it tomorrow or Wednesday. I I will tell you what's going on. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Tucker Carlson's ex-producer was worried about their, quote, dumb viewers falling for the lies that they were telling. It's a fascinating peek behind the curtain. A new poll suggests that Ron DeSantis anti woke crusade might actually backfire on him. And we will talk about. Listen to this every year. Daylight savings. We talk about the movement for permanent daylight savings. There is a movement against permanent daylight savings, and it's a different perspective. I'll explain to you what they believe, why, we'll evaluate whether it makes sense and then whatever. I'll take a nap because I'm tired from the time change. So that'll be the plan for the bonus show. I will nap during the show, which will be a new thing, Uh, might be interesting to some people. Sign up for membership. At joinpakman.com, you'll get instant access to the bonus show, the commercial-free audio and video feeds of the show.
1: Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Okay, everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad.
0: All right, all right, let's let's settle down. Uh, and invitations to member-only town hall events, the next of which is coming up pretty soon. Sign up at joinpacman.com. I'll see you then.